only just an email away Corporate little wrist and tell us what to say Explain the video, image and radio Slang a local car is reading I'll be always nowhere, ain't no stars No, we're the middle class we old podcast The middle class we old podcast Recorded live in Atlanta, the Middle Class VO Podcast House Party. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Middle Class VO Podcast in Atlanta! This is the House Party Style Edition. It's Kevin Kilpatrick. And Bobby Maxwell. And we are excited to have with us so many uh, illustrious guests in the room this evening. Scott Parkin just walked in, but we're going to talk to Mary Lynn Wister. Everybody welcome Mary Lynn From the back row, Scott Parkin. Right, I was just saying, I'm glad I'm not on the 17th floor. Mm. No, no, Mary, look, we're going to make this so easy for you. How are you, by the way? I'm just doing fabulously well because I'm done. Yeah. So, Mary oh, Lynn, we've hi. got all Ta-ta. of these folks here that uh, are experiencing Bio Atlanta for among their first time. And some of the questions, we're going to ask some questions for them. And from your perspective, <laughs> When somebody is getting into voiceover, what should they focus on? Should they focus on a genre? Should they uh, tap around and try a few different things? What is your opinion on that? I think before you do anything, get coaching. Hey, get coaching. Get coaching. Because then you're going to find out what genre you might want to journey on down. Um, And then uh, you might find out there's many genres you'd like to do. But coaching and acting lessons, improv. And how soon should they get their first demo once they've started? There's no, I don't think there's any time frame. You know, I think you know when you're ready and your coaches, good coaches will tell you when you're ready. Um, If you have an agent at the time, they'll tell you to go get one. But most people don't get the agent until after they have the demo. But um, you definitely do not want to take one class and then get a demo. So you do lots of coaching um, with different coaches. And then... um, You see, you know, I always sometimes I like to say, you know, when you're ready to make a demo kind of the same way, you know, when you're ready to get married, you just know. Wow. Or when you're when you know when you're ready to not be married. You just know. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The old demo. You know, start over, reset. Sometimes you need a refresh. Mary Lynn, you're a treasure. Thank you. Mary Lynn Motherfucking walls in the house. I'm another treasure. Anyway. Actually, you don't mind if I actually pour a cocktail while you're talking, do you? Do what you like. Grab what you like. So there's bourbon, there's scotch, there's a little wine, and there's... Oh, the wine? I'll do a little bit of the wine. I'm actually putting wine over ice, which is horrifying. I'm doing it. Leave me alone. You're putting red wine over ice. Oh, stop it, all of you. I like a little chilled. That's all I'm saying. Hi, kids. Dave's got some great juice going on. That's what I'm doing. Yes, kids. Hello. Great. It's been so much fun. So much fun with all these animals. They're all animals. 
It's wonderful. So if y'all don't know, Dave Walsh is one of the premier, like Marilyn, one of the premier uh, voice acting coaches in all of the land. And he teaches the, <laughs> the true land. tell method, which is, I call it a long burn. I call it a long process. In, well, it, it is. For it some, is a long for, process for some people, yes. Like myself. So for everybody, you know, but yeah. hey, tell us quickly about your process. No, it's it's really just about talking authentically. And this has been the whole conversation from everybody this week, which has been amazing. First of all, Everyone has brought such vulnerability to this week and every conversation and every panel has been about this in every workshop. It's wonderful. It's really wonderful. De Deborah Wilson really set the bar on her on her keynote talking about vulnerability and authenticity. So that's what this is all about. Absolutely. absolutely. I, just, I think that blew everybody away. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, You've been on some great panels. Yeah. Oh my God. Awesome. The coaches panel yeah. we did. And the, again, what everybody brought to it was so cool. And the questions that people asked and the promo panel was fantastic. Um, again, I think it's just the way people have responded to this. First of all, th this thing is sold out, yeah. which is awesome. Never happened. Never happened. Yeah. Never happened in 10 years. So that says a lot about the industry and the fact that people are hungry for this kind of conversation. <laughs> it's 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 killer. It's awesome. Anything surprise you about the conference? Uh, the surprise me about the conference. Um, I, I think the the amount of amount of people. I think the fact that everybody was so friggin' excited to get back together again and see people right. hug and do their thing. I think that was awesome. That that to me was the best. Awesome. Dave yeah. Everybody. Here's my key. If anyone wants to go make a cocktail, let me know. Jesus Christ. Oh. Scott Parkins. Hi, guys. Hey, 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 Bring it down just a titch. Just a titch. These are omnidirectional. It's omni is Latin for lots. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't feel like I ever master it because it, it can go any direct. You know, you know, yeah, you've seen yeah. it go. We've gone like, yeah, that was great. Or oh god, god, what the hell happened there? Yes. Yeah. You never know. I, I I'm an improv specialist, let's say that. Improv specialist. And Scott, sure. I, I can tell you one thing. Scott is incredibly passionate about what he does when he's coaching improv. Where did that come from? Why you just really want to help? People? I've got very little in my life, I guess <laughs> okay. is what I'm saying. No, um, I learned from great people. Uh, Randy Bennett was one of the founders of the Groundling with Craig Strong, and uh, Vanessa's here worked with Gary Austin, one of the founders of the the Groundlings. These people taught me really early on uh, that if you're going to do it, do it. I kind of I'm kind of that way. I don't know if you. I seem you pretty. I seem way. pretty buttoned down. <laughs> I seem like, but it, 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 when I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, right? If yeah. I'm, if it's St. Patrick's Day and we're going to a party, I'm wearing green. If it's a, if we're gonna get pitchforks and burn the fucker down, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> right? I'm gonna have a pitchfork and a torch. I heard you had a little improv yourself. You had to be moved from room to room to. Room. Oh, you know, here's the funny thing about. Let's not talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, we, it was a great, I loved, I uh, loved both the sessions today. It was just one of those crackling things where the stuff is just flying and everyone's eyes are open like this and we're just feeding lines and stuff. And it was, it was a fantastic day. Let me say this, uh, with, with the new ownership, uh, with, with JMC and Anna in charge, it is light years better. It is like a tornado of fun. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, it, it, uh, 
everything just got plussed up by about 80%. So that's why I'm back and that's why I'll be back. I imagine they're going to have to go somewhere bigger. Yeah. yeah. They're going to need somewhere bigger just for me. No, <laughs> no, they're, I mean, they need more space because this is the premier conference. Scott, for those bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, get, just getting into voiceover right now, tell us, describe the importance of improv in voiceover. First, let me say, run! Run! Uh, improvisation uh, for for your life and for, for voiceover, it's, it's a great thing to know because it gives you confidence. I teach kids, I teach adults. I like the kids because it's great to work with folks my own age. Uh, you, know, you know, you know this, Kevin. We did this in New York. I'm like, where I'm beating, beating the oh, jokes yes. out of him, getting him back to being an eight-year-old and just yes. playing characters. But kids start like that, so I like that. I would say improv is important because it just allows you to think on your feet and 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 make characters and go into characters, any character, big, small, it doesn't matter. It allows you that freedom and that confidence. And isn't that what it's all about, you guys? Yeah. yeah. And how about that local sports team? <laughs> Welcome to the Pander exactly. Hour. Exactly. You're seeing more and more auditions that suggest if you have yes, any problems. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But I disagree with some folks at the conference. I don't think you should improv if they don't ask for improv because I want the money. <laughs> and I'm listening to the director, and then if I get that job, then I get that money, and I exchange it for goods and services. Uh, your whiskeys, your shelters, your art supplies for your daughter. That's what I say. And as a director of commercials and a writer of commercials, if someone goes, hey, you know what? You spend a lot of time fighting for clients and non-creative people and lawyers. Uh, I, I have a better idea than you do. Here it is on my first take. Okay. Hey, don't do Don't. 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 <laughs> Just don't. Uh, it's my opinion. Everyone can disagree and, you know, they're wrong. <laughs> can you tell us about the uh, Comic Casinos project? That's a great story. Thank you for bringing it up. Um, the, Comet, the Comic Casino is done by the genius artist Miranda Parkin. We've spent two years on it. We started with Swampy Marsh, where they developed Phineas and Ferb, Pete the Cat, Hey AJ on the Disney Channel. It's been two years in the making. A lot of the people here were at the Comic Casino Thank You Party when we got the first animatic. My daughter took the first animatic, which is rudimentary storyboards, sound design. Is Daniel Ross here? He's actually in the comic casino. Yeah, we All right. Well, he's fantastic. Yes. Um, uh, so we're at the point where we're, we were signed by APA, who represents 50 Cent and Mark Ruffalo. And it's just insane. Nice. It's way the hell. It was, it was going to be me and the kid just going, hey, you want to see a pilot? It's really good. Come here, come here. You want to buy a watch? Uh, and this, this means it went out to 30 studios over the last three weeks. Miranda had interviews with the BoJack people, the, the, uh, the Rick and Morty, Solar Opposites. And even if they passed on the show, they, five of them have gone, we want to see this person. We can't do it because we already have Solar Opposites, Rick and Morty. We're already in space. And the comic casino is in space. But bring this person. So Miranda is shortlisted for three different studios and is, I would, I don't want to, this is a little bit of news. I don't, I don't want to jinx it, but the guy from Mitchells and Machines adores her, took her out to lunch and said, we want you on board. We just got the green light an hour ago for Mitchells and Machines. I never, I never believe it until the checklist. Am I right, Dave? Hey! <laughs> Let me just check this mic. Hey, hey, Dave, how many S's in sibilance? 67. That's correct. 67. That's correct. That's correct. Oh, Scott Parkin, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Brad Highland next. Brad, come over here. Look, everybody, Brad Highland. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about Brad Highland's story because Brad, you took a different path to voiceover. Can you, for some of these people that are just getting here in this conference, this is among their first couple of years of doing this. Can you tell us briefly your story and your voiceover career journey? Because it's inspirational, man. Okay. Uh, I always wanted to be a voice actor. I didn't even know what it was back then, but uh, the the Christmas show, you know, uh, what's the famous one? Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. I knew all the characters and did them all. And then I grew up and I became... A voice actor that I didn't, I always wanted to be. So I got trained 30, about 32 years ago first. And I had um, my demos done. This is before home studios and the internet and all the fun stuff we have now. And started getting traction. And then my regular job was just too much. You know, I had to pay for diapers and <laughs> soccer and braces and all those things. So uh, I put it on the shelf until 2015. And... Um, the company I worked for sold, so it wasn't the same company. And my during during a bicycle ride, my wife said, "You're going to do this." So she convinced me, and I quit that year, and I went full time in 2016. Wow! Dude, and now you're great. presenting in 2023. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. that's an incredible story. <laughs> Seriously, that, that that is truly inspirational. Was it nagging at you that whole time during all that time? Uh, yeah. what, you know, 28 years, I guess it was. Yeah, because I, I was doing stand-up comedy and I, I was in a band. I was singer in a band and just so many things that I wanted to do to perform. And everyone, I did voices and I imitated the owner of the company. And um, <laughs> and everybody said, everybody knew this is what I should be doing. And I have all the support of all my friends from the last 40 years knowing that I'm doing what I was born to do finally. What were your um, sessions this week? Um, I did one on just sort of the ABCs of growing, uh, you know, starting and growing a business and what it takes to make it flourish. And then uh, this morning, this, this afternoon, I did sort of a focus on success with casting sites and how to get the um, auditioning process done quickly and and get out of your own way, you know, so you can get successful. So it was really fun. Congratulations. It's a quick turnaround. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Brad Highland, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> What's happening? You <laughs> you are celebrating a big anniversary this week, aren't you? Yes. Tell us all about um, these shoes are three months old, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very pleased with them. Uh, we are celebrating the one year anniversary of the announcement of Nava yeah. of the National Association. <laughs> Um, we, uh, not even the formation, just the announcement. We actually have been around for four and a half months. Wow. Um, so, so we so launched in November, which tell is. Tell everybody what it, NAVA is. So NAVA is the National Association of Voice Actors, and we are a 501c3 advocacy group for the voiceover, so voiceover industry, um, FICOR union and non-union to help advocate for and the advancement of the voiceover industry within the larger entertainment industry, within Hollywood, the U.S., and the entire world. And we have access to health insurance as well. National health insurance for freelance voice actors. What are some of those, what are, what are some of those specific goals in advancing voiceover? You know, I think the biggest thing right now is, at least within SAG-AFTRA and within the general entertainment industry, is the understanding of what voiceover actually is, how we operate, how we work, how we um, 
price our jobs, how we get paid, how we operate, which is completely different than anything on camera. And for so long, the voiceover has been tried to to get pushed into this on camera um, uh, rate guide and contracts. And we don't operate the same way. We don't operate at the speed of on camera. We operate at audition on Sunday, book the job Sunday night, record Monday morning, get paid Monday afternoon. And the union can't work at that speed currently. Um, and so we're hoping to hopefully, hopefully bring these all of the parts of this industry together to make everything better for everybody who is in here, regardless of whether you are union, non-union, or FICOR. Excellent. For more information, people could go to... Navavoices.org. <laughs> all right. And I have one more thing to say, though. Yes. The reason we are here, because we launched based off of a donation from Bev Standing, who donated... Oh, Bev is here. Bev is here. So, Bev, Bev, come up Bev, here, please. Come here, please. So if anybody knows, Bev Standing's lawsuit with TikTok that she went through, they did a they did a fundraiser for that. Yep. Yeah, yeah let us yeah. let us segue into that yeah, story yeah. then. So uh well, they did a fundraiser. Um uh, GoFundMe for to help pay for um her her the I guess all of the the lawsuit essentially. And, but and the, we'll get the lawyers. to tell that story, but uh, it's yeah. amazing you and, involved that way. And so when the, when they were done and they were able to win against TikTok. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, she donated those funds to to the Brad Venable Fund, which became Nava. Which so basically, her donation from that is the foundation of what became Nava. That's incredible. Yeah. So, awesome. Thank you. Voice actor, producer. Are you coaching at all? Or no, there are that? enough great coaches in this industry already. Okay. So, well, yes. Voice industry leader. Thanks <laughs> thank so thank much you. for being thank here. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jace, where's Jace? I'm going to get you in a minute, too. All right, Bev, so, so let's segue into, does everybody know the Bev standing TikTok story? A lot do, but a lot don't. Uh, Chris Brown just found out. Bev, if you would, here's your mic. Tell us the Bev standing TikTok story, please. I was hired to do a voice for a text-to-speech <laughs> for a text-to-speech job. Fun. Actually, no, I, I was hired to do the voice for a, what is it? Was no. Was Chinese e-learning company or something? For or? a translation app. Okay. And I did 10,000 sentences like this. And the next thing I know, I was the text-to-speech voice of TikTok. So uh, that's Without how that... Permission. Without They were not my client. Yeah. So it was a business decision that they were not my client and they can't do this and it's wrong and it's wrong and the industry needs to know. And so I filed a complaint against ByteDance and the world knew. And, and you won. Like, and I won. It they took my voice <laughs> Did you feel confident that you were going to win? No. Yeah, David it's and Goliath. A 64, it's a $69 billion company right. at the time. But the, the bottom line was, um, as much fun as it, I would love to say, hey, I'm the voice of an app. Um, my business said, you're not my client. You can't have my voice. It's my voice. I have control on it. And I will continue to do that with every client I own. And um, I felt that it was something that win or lose the industry people, the, the voiceovers in the world needed to know you can stand up for yourself. Mm. So I did it from nowhere land and it's now a topic at every conference, at every workshop, at every everything. And I can't ask for more than that. You did a lot of interviews after that, helping. Oh, <laughs> I'm still being interviewed. As a matter of fact, the Washington Post um, is doing a spread. They just came up and did a photo shoot at my house. It's like, okay, so <laughs> this wow. is still a topic of conversation. And that to me is a win as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> 
keep talking about it, keep fighting, paying attention to contracts, agreements, all those things. Um, but what I will say is that Maria Pantolino, um, a lot of people were going, well, can I send you some money? And I, and I talked to Maria and I said, I, do, I don't want, this is my battle. I don't want everyone's money. And she said, people just want to help. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll let you open a, a GoFundMe as long as if I don't need the money, I get to donate it somewhere. And so I didn't use that money. That money would have been used if I had to go to New York and go to court and pay for a hotel or a plane or whatever. And that didn't have to happen. So I donated the money to the Brad Venable Fund. So it brought a couple of people to VO Atlanta one year. It was a help for some people that were struggling. And it then turned into NAVA. Voice actor and voiceover yes. industry fighter, Bev Standing. And let me just add one more thing. I'm also half of the territory controller team of Gravy for the Brain Cannon. Yes. Nice, right. yeah. nice. We'll have a house party. Recorded live in Atlanta, the middle class VO podcast house party. Jace Patrick, can we get Jace over here real quick? Jace is a cool cat, uh, was in Nashville. Uh, he's got Nashville connections, moved to LA. Jace, I want to ask you this question because you, my friend, you've been doing voiceover full-time, what, like about 10 years now or so? No, years? no, seven, seven, seven or seven. just under seven, actually. So, so, so anyway, you're still like, you know, you've still got scars from some of your first mistakes and stuff like that. As somebody that, like, we got Chris Brown in here. Chris Brown is a future talent in our industry. Chris is just getting in here. How you doing, here. sir? Yeah, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris is I'm doing very well, sir. <laughs> well, that's great. Okay, you win. You win. Okay, you win. God. So, as somebody who's just getting into the industry now, what would you, like, rewind in time and do differently and, and advise people to do now? Good Lord, don't do anything I did. Um, <laughs> I, I did everything wrong because um, I made all my own demos to the tune of about 120 of them. And wow. I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I, I filled up that bitch with, you know, just, just <laughs> tons of little things. And... Um, little demo clips and stuff like that. And, um, I didn't have a coach, but I, I came from the music industry. So I had what we would call an empathetic ear. So I, I'm not sure the syntax that faked it until I make it, you know? <laughs> and, um, I just happened to be, because I had such a musical ear and empathetic ear and stuff like that. And I had a read, I didn't know I had a read, but I had a read. And this is what I always tell any newcomer is like, no matter what the coaches, all this stuff is great and do all that shit. Read. You have to have a read. If you don't have a read, if you can't read anything, anytime, anywhere and make it sound like I am talking to you like I am now, then you're, you're missing, you're missing 80% of what you need to do. You got to have a read. Did so. you move to LA to get closer to the industry to get more opportunities? And if you did, has it paid off? I just wanted to pay more taxes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I went out there because, um, like, <laughs> I, I, uh, I could have retired to any beach anywhere, just about, you know, as long as it wasn't a, you know, luxury, you know, super beach or something and just, and, and, you know, been drinking coconut milk, man. But I, I loved video games, love video games. I love animation and stuff like that. I got screwed on animation, but I'm doing pretty well with video games. So, and anime and stuff like that. So I'm doing it for the love. You know, I make my money on commercial e-learning and, you know, I grind just like everybody else. 
Awesome. Jace Patrick, everybody. Woo! Scott Griffin, join us. Scott, we're going to get you on in a second, if you don't mind. Sure. Steve, Steve Henderson, come on over. Steve Henderson, everybody. I got to... So, Steve, if you would just say a few words into the microphone. Get check one, two, one, two. I actually stepped in the wrong room. I thought this was supposed to be the Delta Trainee late night program. So uh, sorry about that. Uh, so, so Steve, yeah. you're from Atlanta, right? I am. Yeah. You've mm -hmm. been coming to VO Atlanta. Since I think this is my fifth or sixth one. Yeah. So Excellent. It's, yeah. So, so tell us if you would about your VO journey. How long have you been doing it full time? And, oh and gosh. Like yeah. A long time though, right? Yeah. I've been doing VO for about thirty years. Uh, it's been. I've always kind of had a full-time slate, but I've been doing it just full-time VO for about the past four or five years. And uh, it's, God, it's just the best job in the world, man. I can't imagine doing anything else. So, yeah, I mean, I, I will tell that to anybody. I tell everybody that I meet that wants to do this. They ask me, how do I get into it? I just tell them, tell everybody you do this because start to identify with it. Because, I mean, how many voiceover people did you meet this week? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The answer is always zero because we don't have a storefront or a shingle, you know. So... Tell them, because even if you're not right for the gig, they'll probably call you and ask you, do you know somebody who is? Then you get to be the solutions provider who makes it a win-win situation for everybody, man. It's just, a, it's a great gig. One of the great things about VO Atlanta is the kids program. And I know your daughter mm -hmm. does VO, doesn't she? She likes to dabble. She's gotten into the singing thing too. So is she's, she? oh God, her voice is amazing. Is so she yeah. this week? She's not. She's actually uh, preparing for a uh, new, uh, she just landed the lead role in her uh, school play. So she's all excited nice, about that. So nice. she's going to be Elsa in Frozen. So as the younger, uh, the next generation of voiceover, what do you tell her if you, in tips to, to excel in this industry? Well, I mean, the thing with, with, with her that's so interesting is she really has a personality all her own. And everybody always says that, you know, oh, her dad's got the great voice and all that kind of stuff. I have to give a lot of credit to her mom because, I mean, she has her mom's sweetness. She has her dad's spunk and she gets in the room and just crushes it. I mean, she, for somebody who's as young as she is, it just amazes me how she can just step in there and just naturally kind of interpret the script and make it happen. And it really helps out with her stage work, too. It's it's really fantastic. So what is uh, everybody knows you got good pipes. That's your that's right. your moniker, mm -hmm. good pipes. What else does it take besides having a great voice in your specific genres? You work a lot in promos, right? A lot of promos, a lot of commercial, a lot of okay. live announce. Yep. Besides having your good voice that you have, mm -hmm. what else are you doing tactically to nail those auditions and book those gigs? I got to be honest with you, and I say this, all of my students that train with me, they are sick of this word. It's giving yourself permission. Straight up. I mean, because, I mean, think about it. I actually call it the burden of the words. It's that little thing that in your, that voice inside your head that tells you to push and sell and why would they hire me and all this kind of stuff. There's so much talent out there. But you know what I say to everybody? Nobody else can do you as well as you can. So why not give yourself the permission to do that? I mean, and just step to the mic and make it happen. That's and awesome. So, yeah. I love that. Steve, yeah. hey, thanks so much, brother. Good, 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 good to see you. Good. Thank you. Scott Brick, can we get Scott Brick over Scott here? Scott Brick. Do you, do you know who Scott Brick is? Oh, do you know y'all know oh who Scott God. Brick is? Yeah. Everybody knows Scott Brick. This Who's is the Scott mic Brick? we're kind of channeling, Scott. Okay. Who's so Scott, Scott Brick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that a lot. Scott Brick is uh, one of the most prolific audiobook narrators in all the land um, and has been for quite some time. And uh, Scott has become friends of the podcast. And uh, Scott, 
So when you are, thanks for joining us, by the way. Of course. For our house party edition uh, style of uh, the Middle Class Video podcast. How do you get, when you're auditioning for a gig, because believe it or not, Scott does occasionally have to audition for gigs. All the time. A lot of times it's all offer only. Well, sure. Sometimes it's offer only. Sometimes it's offer only, yeah. But, but anyway, how do you get in your zone? When you want to book a gig, when you got to audition, how do you get in your zone? Uh, can I answer that in just a second? But yeah. first, uh, respond to what I just heard about uh, uh, getting permission. Please, yes. Uh, when I was about 30 years old, I felt like I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. Ooh. It's like he had given me something that I was good at, and I wasn't using it. And I was working in a dead-end job for seven years just so I could make my health insurance because uh, I had a pre-existing condition. And I remember going to my former pastor, who was then... He had left the ministry and he became my life coach. His name was Jim Kermath. And uh, after months and months of complaining that my life wasn't getting better, he looks at me dead in the eye and he goes, do you need my permission to quit? Wow. And that really took me by surprise. So when, I'm sorry, when I just heard that, it really it really struck a chord with me. And I said, what, what, are, you, what are you asking me? And he goes, I'm, I'm being serious. Do you, do you need my permission to quit? Because you complain every week but you don't do anything about it. <laughs> and he says, it's valid. If you need permission, I understand. I give you mine. You have my permission to quit. And I did the next day. Wow. Yeah. And I spent the next three years as a freelance writer, um, then as a screenwriter, and then at, in 1999, I became an audiobook narrator. So anyway, that is absolutely valid. I, I tell people that in my class all the time. You know, can I put a character voice on the narrative, even though the narrator isn't a character in the book? I say, yes, and, and, and they'll struggle with that. And I say, you have my permission. You can give yourself your permission, but if that doesn't work, I give you mine. Excellent. Yeah, because it's a it's a valid thing. And so again, thank you for, for well, saying that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so, so how do I get zone. getting into the zone? Um, what I try to focus on is I have a fundamental belief that every, sing every single person in this room, for whatever gig that you have been cast in, you have been perfectly cast. Otherwise, you wouldn't have the gig. Right. You're perfect for it. So go out there and kick its ass, right? <laughs> go out there and own it. I'm like, well, you know, it takes a leap of faith, that whole, okay, Am I perfectly cast? Yes, yes, it, you are perfectly cast. I think our number one job, the first thing that we have to do as um, uh, VO performers is to tell our inner critic to shut the hell up. Yes. 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 And because if you don't do that, then you cannot share the best and the worst of you. And if there is no sharing, there is no story. And there is no art. So um, I tell my inner critic to shut up. I remind myself I'm perfectly cast, and then I just, I focus on what feels right. Then I'm in the zone. Can anybody wow. do audiobooks? And if if not, what what is the big thing that will keep somebody from doing them? I mean, what what is the thing that, is it being in the booth for hours and hours? What's the, well, the, the to be honest, I, I, uh, I quote Sean Pratt all the time. He says, uh, people ask him all the time, you know, can I, can I be an audiobook narrator? And he says, and people think he's being facetious, but he's not. He says, uh, go to your library, your local bookstore, wherever, uh, get something at random. Um, a book, a magazine, a newspaper, take it home, 
put a chair in the closet, set up a music stand, turn on the light, close the door, start with page one and read for eight hours. And if you still feel like doing it the next day, then give me a call. <laughs> and and I've, I've quoted this so often that people start uh, you know, attributing it to me. I'm like, no, 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 I got it from Sean. I did, you know, um, but it's true. Not everybody is wired to do an audiobook. I barely am. I mean, I get ca- <laughs> no, I get cabin fever really easily. I want to be around other people, uh, but I can handle it. Uh, not everybody can. So, um, are the audience next week? The audio's ooh, two days from now. Yes, that's what I thought. Tuesday. Now, for, you're up for narrator of the year, correct? Yeah. Woo! Not surprising. But I don't think everybody missed for a book that had narrator of the year in it, a character. Yes. Uh, uh, the book is called, amazingly enough, Narrator. Yeah. Um, and in it, uh, there's a, a, a the main character uh, goes to two audio award yeah. ceremonies. And... Um, and at one point, he goes to his table and he passes me. <laughs> he passes me and my fiance and Pat Fraley and Ray Porter and, and Simon Vance. And I and I read these names aloud. I said, "Well, that was my last Friday night. This is my <laughs> this is my my social group in Los Angeles." Good luck. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank everybody. We're going to get to Chrissy Bowen in a couple of minutes. Um, and I think I saw Suzanne, would Suzanne Freeman be willing to join us for a second? Suzanne Freeman. Come on. We're going to continue the audiobook, uh, audiobook narration portion of the podcast. This is my mic. gentlemen, Suzanne Freeman. Thank you. An interesting story. You moved to I LA do. to be a sports reporter, right? Is, uh-huh. that, is it correct? Oh, yeah. That's and, correct. And you ended up doing audiobooks. Can you tell us how that went? Yeah, it's a slightly more circuitous, circuitous route than that. Um, okay, sure. I I came to LA to be a sports reporter. Um, I ended up getting a sports agent uh, for sports reporting who got me a job as a poker reporter. <laughs> And I knew nothing about poker, and I still know nothing about poker. But I hosted a couple of shows for poker. Somebody recognized me from that, brought me to a poker game that had a bunch of casting directors at it, and introduced me as an actor. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you, I might actually have to prove that to somebody here. And they actually ended up like a week later calling me in for a CBS sitcom that I ended up getting. And basically that led to me being more serious about acting and a really long story later, I ended up as a as a narrator. <laughs> There's a, a few more steps in between, but yes. Tell us about the joy you have in narrating audiobooks. Um, or, is it, or is it a labor of love kind of a thing? Or I guess, I, I think it can be both. Um, the joy is when you get to say words that you stop, especially when you have like somebody else with you, a director or an engineer, and you get and you stop every once in a while and go, I can't believe they're paying me to say these words out loud. It is <laughs> it is so wonderful to be given the honor, the privilege of being able to say these words. So that is the joy. And sometimes it's a labor, but um, but it's all in the effort of storytelling and, and entertaining people. And regardless of of the story I'm telling, even if it's not my jam, it's somebody's jam. And and the people who are inhabiting the stories that I tell. They don't know they're in a story. They don't know that they're 
they're maybe not written so super well. And and I but so I get to take them seriously. I get to tell their stories. And no matter who it is, even even if it's a, a, a series that I've been doing forever and it may be like a very similar storyline to each other, I always learn something. Even from every romance book, there's always some moment, some poignant thing that I learn and I and I tell Scott, I'm like, oh my God, this woman like made me cry. Whatever it is, like it, it could be the proposal scene or whatever it is. It, it, it can just be the most beautiful thing. Even if you 100% know that the couple's gonna end up together. They get into a fight, but you know they're gonna get back together. And somehow the getting back together is just so freaking beautiful. So it's always it's always an honor that somebody chooses me to tell their story. Clearly, there's a passion there, and that's yeah. that's yeah. remarkable. FYI, for those that don't know, Suzanne and Scott are engaged yeah. recently yeah. to be married. So. Suzanne, I didn't get a chance to ask you in Switzerland for the Euro Conference. Do you have separate booths at your home? We oh, well, <laughs> we no longer have booths at home. It's oh, see another long story. Um, <laughs> I I was at I I had to I, I kept my apartment for a long time because my booth was in my apartment. We don't have room for both our booths, so he has an under the stairs Harry Potter booth at his house, and he broke his collarbone a couple years ago. And the day he broke his collarbone, he put him in his new Studio Brick booth. So I brought all of my stuff. I moved into the Studio Brick booth. Then we switched because he had better paying jobs. And I went into the under the <laughs> under the stairs booth. Uh, so I went into the under under the stairs booth, my Harry Potter booth. And then uh, and then my mom moved out here, and I moved my booth from my apartment into her second bedroom. So now we are a mile apart when we work. So it's not two booths in one house. It's two booths a mile apart. If anybody's wondering, Scott Brick broke his collarbone <laughs> running with the bulls in Pamplona. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And and so and by running with, he meant running away from. Yeah. <laughs> and and by bulls, he means a skunk. skunk. And by, and by Pamplona, Pamplona, he means in the backyard. In the backyard. <laughs> Now that is the true part of that story. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Suzanne Freeman, thank you so much for joining us. Recorded live in Atlanta, the middle class VO podcast House Party. Christy Bowen from Tennessee VoiceOver Studios. <laughs> Lot. Chris Brown is here. Chris, I actually want to talk to you in a second too, okay? Cool. If you're cool with that. I'm if cool you're cool with that. <laughs> so Christy, yes. so Chris here is an example of somebody that's new, that is mm -hmm. eager, that is learning the business, learning the trade. Describe to us the importance of coaching in this industry. Wow, it's I think a good coach and a good school or good coaches, because I think everybody needs multiple coaches, um, really help you figure out who you are, what style you like, what style of learning you're good at, because I think different coaches have different things. I always like to say to the students that come to our VoiceOver 101 class that I'm giving you the toolkit. It's empty. It's an empty toolbox. You, It's now your job to fill it up with all these different tools because you can, you can build nothing with one tool. I may give you a hammer and a screwdriver. Somebody else is going to give you, you know, a, a level and a, a wrench it's your job to find the coaches and find the training and whether it's reading blogs, listening to podcasts, all of the stuff it takes to build your career through all that knowledge. That's your job and that, but it's our job to give you 
these different tools and then you take them and build your career with that. So that's the importance of coaching to me. What what brought you to coaching to begin with? Because you're you're a fantastic bio talent. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I think it had to do a lot with I've been running the meetup group in Nashville for twelve years. It's almost twelve years now, and I think there was so much. People were always constantly more. Can you teach me this? Let's talk about that. Where can we get this information? And it just kind of grew to the point where it was like, okay, people keep asking all these questions. Let's build something that can help answer them. Kevin's one of our coaches and he's very highly, everybody loves it when Kevin coaches for us. And it's great. You're welcome. That's very well deserved. Um, And we just, we have a variety of people teaching different things because I think it's, I just wanted to build something in Nashville where people could come to a place where they could get all different kinds of coaching for all different kinds of things. And we didn't have that before. We do have a spectacular coach in town but it's one person who's teaching one thing because that's what they're good at and that's what they do. So now I wanted to open a school that offered multiple things and multiple types of learning availability. So that's that's kind of why I wanted to coach and share knowledge and give back to the community really is what it, it started with. And a great studio too if you're ever in yeah. the Nashville area yeah. and you to record on the fly. And that was the other thing is because Nashville is such a tourist destination and also for work-wise. I mean, there are a lot of people who come into town to do various types of work, um, all sorts of industries. And they were constantly asking me, where can I record? Can I come to your booth? I'm like, you know, coming to my personal house is not really my favorite thing to have people do. <laughs> so I thought, you know, let's, what if I build it, they will come and they have. I mean, I've, I've directed people from, uh, that have been visiting from Denmark. There's a lady who's like basically the voice of their version of Target. And she had multiple sessions at the studio with with her, um, with the directors over in, at the you know studio in Denmark, and it was wonderful. And I mean, we had lots. I've had lots of people from different places and fellow voice actors who come into town. You know, come and do their thing. For those that want to see the offerings of Tennessee mm-hmm. Voiceover Studios, how do they see that? They find us by going to tnvoiceoverstudios.com, and Excellent. it's on our classes page. Christy Bell and everybody, thank, thank you. you. Chris Brown, would, would you join us for a second? Because I would love to hear, have a seat right here, please. I would love, to, Chris has got these great pipes. Chris is uh, relatively new to the voiceover industry. And I want to get your perspective on your learning here at VO Atlanta. Tell us about what you've done. What What are some of the sessions you've taken? And what have you learned so far, Chris? Uh, well, first, thank you for inviting me absolutely man. we're glad all. to have you yeah. we're glad to have you in our industry well i appreciate it well um i honestly came down here blind i didn't know what to expect i've never been to any type of conference i've never attended event this big of any type so i kind of came down here shooting from the hip and when i first day zero on thursday i honestly i had a sensory overload because it was so many people like so much talent in Oh, this guy, this is this guy. And I've been following David Fenoy on on um, LinkedIn for so long. And then for him to turn around and you see the, the grandfather locks and know that it's him. And I was like, oh, man, it was kind of um, on day one. I really just took any type of class that just sparked my interest. But then day two today, I kind of zoned it in and I know that promos and movie trailers and think commercials and things like that is the avenue that I should be approaching. Mm -hmm. So I tailored my day to that. 
and connecting with other veterans as well because I'm a vet as well. So I connect went to the promo and uh, the promo and movie trailer with on the vet with the vets. Mm-hmm. I um, I met with Deborah Deborah Wilson. She grabbed me twice and was like, "I have something to tell you," and she is besides being the one of the greatest people that I've met. She's so genuine and her genuineness is so intense. And you like really feel the words that she's saying because the passion that comes out behind, you know, the words that she say, you know, got me a little bit, you know. But it's, I mean, just look at this room. (laughs) (laughs) When you you called me up, I was like, oh man, the press is on. what a 99 he's been doing books since 99 like i didn't yeah. even know audiobooks was out that long <laughs> you, know you know he was probably doing them with tapes you know so like um like it's just like i mean god like i've met so many people and i forgot so many names but i just got this amazing bag of cards and as soon as i pull it out and i'm like i know this person i remember this interaction with this person so like this whole event has just been like beyond outstanding. Like I can't, I don't think I could speak enough about how good this event was and honestly how life changing it was for me to be a part of. Exceptional pipes. So I'm sure you had people for many, many years saying you should use your your voice. Yes, ma'am. But now you understand that it's not just And that's what it was. I used to think they were just uh, pointless advancements, you know. I didn't know that it really meant something. That oh, you have an outstanding voice, and I was like, ah, thank you. But then, honestly, I got tired of the compliments, and I was like, how can I change this? If I had a dime for every time they somebody said I had a deep voice, I wouldn't need y'all. I'd be, I had to be, I had to be rich. But it doesn't work like that. So, um, the 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 compliments in this community means so much more than a compliment that I would get from a random person on the street. Like these are people who have been in this industry 30 years, you know what I'm saying? And for somebody that's a 10, even a five year vet for you to, for them to be like, you have an amazing voice. Like, I don't thank you. You're like, I follow you're amazing. Like for you to say that I'm amazing, it's, Damn, thank you. <laughs> Sounds like you definitely have all the passion to succeed. In I do. I've, I'm, I'm, I had to change my mentality, you know, to figure out where I needed to be, who I needed to talk to, and really learn that it's about a community. It's I can't do this by myself. As much as I'm used to doing things by myself, it's not easy. To You can get the ball to move a little, but if you have a team behind you and this awesome community, like – there's no way that success is not imminent. You know I love it. I, and I love that you're seeing that already. Yes. Yeah. Just a, you know, among all the industries out there, the VO community is got to be among the tops that there are uh, in support and helping each other out. You know, there's there's some egos. Yeah. But mostly we are a loving community. We want to help each other and lift each other up. I want to know, Chris, you this is your first V Atlanta, right? First VO, yes. What are your next steps? Well, step one is to decompress. <laughs> like this was, I mean, this was like the best so much that I've ever had. I've had to just escape a few times just to gather myself and re-enter the, this wonderful battle, you know. Um, but decompress and go through my bag 
because as I've talked to so many people and I don't want to lose those connections. I used to be the type of person to be like, yeah, get, hit me up, hit me up. I'll, I'll be around, but this ain't that type of game. Like these people are where they are for a reason. So they want to help me. So I need to reach out for the help. So I'm going to be dabbling that bag for the next week, just typing emails, following on Instagram, reaching out to phone numbers that I've got. Like nobody has told me, don't call me. Like you're not, you know, everybody that I've met here, 100% has been like, you have amazing pipes and you can go far in this industry. Take this card, hit me up when we get home. I got one guy told me he has agents for me. I didn't even think I needed agents in this, but he said, you need agents. If you want to get anything that you want, you need agents. And I want a lot, you know? So I want agents. Like I want everything that you have, that you have, that you have. Like I want, I want, I want to be, I want to come back next year and everybody be like, hey, Chris, what you doing? I heard you on, I heard you did this, I heard this. You know, I want to be that person because like this is such a powerful stepping stone. So it's fucking amazing. Man. Uh, <laughs> keep learning, keep grinding. Yes, sir. Thank Chris Brown. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From one deep voice to another, yeah. Texas Rob Reed. Texas <laughs> Rob Reed. Yeah. Robbery, everybody. Yeah. So, so Rob Reed Rob Rob Reed Rob 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 Take a step and and do it. Um, be specific about what you want, first of all, not just a broad, yeah, I want to do voiceover. Yeah. But be, be specific and kind of know what you want in advance and then do something about it. <laughs> Take action on that. Chris is a perfect example of that kind of, of that kind of thing. So uh, kudos to you, man. I love listening to you. <laughs> and we need to talk too. So yeah, just take action, I think, is the first thing that you need to do. Um, I, I tie that back to, you, you mentioned the radio, and I tie that back to near the end of my career, I went from being on the air to selling which I look back now and I'm like, God had a plan and said, you need to learn how to do that because I got some stuff for you to do. And that sales opportunity helped me turn into a general manager position. And I was stressed out to the max. And I remember visiting with one of my clients who was one of my best friends. And he said, uh, I said, you know what? At the end of the year, I'm retiring. I'm getting out of radio and I'm going to do voiceover full time. And, um, it was, uh, I think, August. <laughs> so I was making a plan, right? And he said, uh, well, what, what, what's the reason? And I said, well, part of it is my passion for the business. The other is I'm, I'm a little fearful for my health uh, with all the stress that's on me right now. And he said, well, yeah, it's August. And, uh, I mean, if you're going to have a heart attack, it'll wait till the end of the year. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. And, and it was a little foretelling because after I left the radio station, the heart attack happened. And it changed my whole approach to voiceover when that happened, too, because it, it became a thing where 
um, I want to experience life and do this. And, and it allowed me to have that passion and, and do this. So, yeah. Uh, let's go back to radio real quick. Cause a lot of VO people come from, yeah. including Kevin and myself and probably plenty more people in this room. What did it take for you to figure out that it's not just the announcery voice that's not really going <laughs> to big time? And, and just to tell the radio people out there what it needs. Yeah. Well, the, the first thing, I mean, those of us that, that came from that radio background, we had that one money read yep. that we would go to. And it, most of the time it was loud and it was bombastic and it was... It was our selling voice that we jumped in, and and quite frankly, uh, I don't know about you guys, but when I was in radio so many times, I oh my God, I got seven spots to cut before I can go home, right. and it's like as fast as I can get them going and, and get them out the door. And um, so, yeah, and, and the first coach that I hired, um, I honestly, I love telling this story. It's, it's kind of egoic, but... You know, I, I reached out to my first coach, and um, she said, "Yeah, uh, send me send me a demo of your voice." And so I sent her my production air check, and she list and and in my head, how this was going to go was she was going to say, "Oh my God, I have got to get you to this agent and this agent. You're just going to explode." And um, she said, "You've had, you have a nice voice, but you don't know how to use it." <laughs> I think that was probably the yeah. first sign. <laughs> Excellent. Robbery, thank you so much. Robbery. We'll have a party. Recorded live in Atlanta, the middle class VO podcast house party. Great to real, everybody. Bridget. Um, What's up, my Normandy siblings? Oh, yes. Normandy, Switzerland. And Switzerland, yeah. this we'll is true. We always have Normandy. We'll have we Normandy. Love you like a second cousin. You I know, know, right? So, <laughs> so, so, you, you deal a lot with the business aspect of mm -hmm. voiceover and managing your business. What have you learned in your voiceover journey about the importance of managing your business and your time? Ooh. Um, it's funny because I tell people a lot of times, like, do as I say, not as I do, because I am squirrely, you know, like I, I am like all over the place. Um, I think honestly, because I am that way, like organization is so key, you know, you and I mean, organizing everything from, you know, your studio space, like making sure that like, as I said this weekend in, or, you know, in my uh, productivity prowess class that like, and actually in the VO organize your business class, like organize your studio first and foremost, like make it a place that when you walk into it, it cues and triggers flow and productivity and working. Um, make sure that you're separating those spaces from, you know, the places where you're like napping or eating or not doing stuff. Like you want to make sure that you're like walking in there that, and you do that. So in terms of like managing your business, like make sure that you are setting yourself up for success. Like even from the little things that you do, if you wake up in the morning, like whatever it is you want to start your day with, I call it trigger dressing or cue dressing. Like if you want to work out first thing in the morning, get up and get into workout clothes. If you want to like get up and get in the booth, like then whatever is going to be, you know, your quiet clothes, you know, like get in your quiet clothes. As Debbie Derryberry calls them your quiet clothes so that they don't like, you know, pick up on mic. And, you know, whatever you have to do, definitely do that. 
The other big thing that I would say is really, really huge, and I'm going <coughs> to I'm gonna refer to my, my VO bestie here behind me, Lynn Norris, is do not be afraid to outsource your business. Something that I said this weekend a few times in both my classes and in the marketing panel is that in our businesses, we have this mentality that <coughs> if you're not like struggling in hustling, like the, the hustle is important, but if you're struggling, like if you're not struggling and like constantly stressed out of your mind and like, you know, staying up to all hours of the night mm -hmm. and putting in like 18 <coughs> hours a day and whatever, like that, oh my gosh, then you're not really legit, right? There's this whole idea that like, you know, you have to constantly be like going nonstop. Well, if you worked for a nine to five, a nine to five in the HR department, they're required to put those employment laws up on the wall that say you can only work a certain amount of hours a day. You have to take breaks. You have to take some time off and this and that. So there are employment laws for a reason. So why the hell do we treat our small businesses like a sweatshop? Like, why do we treat ourselves like a sweatshop? Like, get yourself, like, be good to yourself. So know that in that part of that, if you're going to, not necessarily be working yourself to a, an early death, build a team. Know that you can outsource certain things. And so Lynn and I, we created uh, with Miranda Ellis, we created VA for VO, which is the very first <coughs> and only voiceover outsourcing resource company. Yeah! So, Woo! I get all credit to my girl here. Come up here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm behind you for a second. Yeah. All right. So, a question: You're one of uh, those talents that that now live in Europe, and <laughs> is that a, is that a hindrance, or is it? Do you get the jobs earlier because you're what six, seven hours ahead of us? I'm the most transient voice actor I think on the planet yeah. right now because I move every three years. My husband works for State Department, so we're embassy hoppers, and we moved from when I started off in VO. We were just moving to Rome, and then we moved from Rome to Lisbon, and then Lisbon now uh, to Copenhagen. So um, it it's it's definitely interesting moving all that time. But I think I get more stressed out when I come back to the states because I'm closer in the time zone to like my my agents and the clients and everything else. And I'm like, shit, I don't have that little five hour buffer <laughs> for me right now. That six hour buffer. There's something really nice about being able to get the work to my clients like faster and, you know, or while they're still sleeping, it's like I get it, you know, the night before or whatever. And then I wake up and I can actually get to it. So yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of nice. It's, it's proof in the pudding that like you can do this work from anywhere. anywhere. And also like no matter your circumstances, not to like turn this like a little bit downward for a second, but in 2020, right when this was being canceled, you know, I got stuck in the U.S. for seven months because I came back for my mom's. I came back to, to come to VO Atlanta, but I came back a little bit earlier because my mom had been diagnosed with cancer. And then the whole world shut down and I got stuck here for seven months and I moved 15 times in six weeks. I was going from like hotel room, room wow. hotel room to hotel room to like my brother's house and back to hotels and this and that. Like, so I was constantly, I was living out of my VOMO and I was setting it up and setting up like, you know, booths like all over, like all over the place. But it's just proof. Like I, I worked more then than I ever worked. Like my business exploded in with COVID. Yeah. Like, so you can do it no matter where you are, you know? 
And that's when I got my my first assistant, which was really helpful because he helped me to organize my life. So excellent, Bridger Real. Thank so, you so much. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so we're gonna start wrapping up here. But before, thank you all so much for coming to the house party edition of the Middle Class VO podcast. Is there anybody here that is watching, listening? Does anybody have any questions for anybody else here while we're here, or are we gonna wrap this up? Any questions from anybody? Wrap it up. We'd love to hear y'all's voices. <laughs> Thank y'all for coming. Actually, can I say something really quick? Yeah, Brad, come on. This is my first Atlanta VO. Well, and if there's anybody in this world that is, huh? Come here's the mic. Yeah. Oh, come on, Brad. Sure. Okay, okay. Dive in, man. <clears throat> Have a seat. <clears throat> I'm from the music industry, which is like 50% egos. And when it comes to helping, and this has been a culture shock to me, but Kevin... I took one class with Kevin, and he, that's all he knows from me, has been the most helpful and introduced me to all kinds of people. And that's the greatest thing about VO, is this whole culture of helping you and getting you further along in your journey, in your career. And it's been absolutely awesome. Well, thank you for saying that, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. From my perspective, I've, had, I've been doing this since 2004 full-time, and I've had so much help along the way. And so I can't help but to give it back and pay it forward. And I guarantee if you do that, as you go along your voiceover journey, you're going to get it back. Okay? That's just how it goes. Right, Bobby? Absolutely. Who's coming back next year? Thank y'all for coming. Does anybody want a drink? <laughs> <laughs>